This is Brain Diet, episode number 46. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. What's up, everybody? I am feeling revitalized and energized as I sit here recording this episode. My husband and I just returned from a little getaway. We went and stayed in a yurt at this hot spring that was in the middle of nowhere. And there's no internet, no cell service. You basically are cut off from everything. And it was magical. It was like we had turned off the world and we're just in the middle of this snowy magnificence and these hot pots that were just divine. It was amazing. And I felt so rejuvenated by it. It was a fabulous experience. And I'm so grateful I was able to do it. We returned home and I went in to receive one of my regular chemotherapy infusions. And it's been really fascinating because the last couple infusions that I have had, one of the symptoms I've dealt with in the afterward has been anxiety. I'm very familiar with anxiety and it's something that I have learned how to manage But what's interesting is this medication is what's causing this anxiety. I mean, if you were to look in my brain, I feel like my brain is honestly as cool as a cucumber as I've been going through these infusions and working and doing all the things. And yet my body is having all of these symptoms of panic and anxiety. And I will tell you what, it is fascinating to, in a way, be injected with an emotion To know for a fact that this side effect comes from this medication makes the experience of it really interesting because I know that nothing has gone wrong. I'm like, oh, of course I'm experiencing this anxiety. This is what usually happens after these infusions. I'm very comfortable with this. And this is actually an analogy that I've used on the podcast before when it comes to emotions that if we were to be injected with them, if someone were to say, hey, I have this emotion that I'm going to inject you with, they would put it in and you would be like, oh, okay, that's just what this emotion feels like. You wouldn't be in a hurry to fix it. You wouldn't think that something was wrong. It would be more of a curious experience where you would just be a person experiencing emotion and you wouldn't necessarily be in a rush to fix it. Now, this is applicable to our topic today, because today I want to talk about the worst lesson we have ever been taught. I am a life coach and a weight coach, meaning that I specialize in mental health in the context of weight loss or weight maintenance or anything in the realm of physical health, right? So while this podcast has the word diet in the title, if you've listened to me before, you know that what I teach is so much more than that. It's so much more than just physical health and diet. It's focused on mental health. I also talk a lot about emotions because our emotional health is caused by our mental health. How you are thinking is creating how you are feeling. So if you're thinking terrible thoughts, odds are you are going to be feeling pretty terrible. 
So mental health and emotional health are so deeply intertwined. Most humans on earth, if they have a brain, have emotions. So I think you could qualify it as something important to understand and manage. But if we were to take a look at what modern emotional education is, there are three basic areas that you can categorize how we are educated when it comes to emotions. The first being that other people can hurt our feelings. This is something that we learn as children. Did so-and-so hurt your feelings? Or, buddy, you hurt mommy's feelings. We learn that other people are in charge of how we feel. Talk about powerless. The truth is, other people can't hurt our feelings. Other people can't make us feel anything. Other people can act how they're going to act, but until we have a thought about it, we aren't going to feel anything. So even if someone says something, you aren't going to feel hurt until you make it mean something hurtful. The second component of our modern emotional education is that other people can make us happy. So as kids, it's this matter of people hurting our feelings, and then we grow up and we have this idea that a spouse, a marriage, will make us happy. It's such a common phrase to say, you make me so happy. It's something that we dream about before we get into a relationship. I want someone that makes me so happy. I want to make someone so happy. And this kind of comes back to what I was saying before, that we cannot cause other people's emotions and other people cannot cause emotions in us. Believing so simply puts us in a very powerless place. The third compartment that we could include in our modern emotional education is that circumstances make us happy or sad. If I just get the new house, I will be happy. If I just get a boyfriend, I will be happy. If I just get divorced, I will be happy. The way my children are behaving makes me so sad. If they were to just behave differently, then I would be happy. We think that things outside of us create how we feel. And again, this comes back to this root idea that we create our emotions. Circumstances outside of us do not make us happy or sad. Circumstances just are. And then we have a thought about them. And that thought is what makes us feel happy or sad. So if our emotional experience rides on how we are thinking and what is happening in our brain, do you not agree that emotions and mental health are one of the most important things in the world? And yet we are never taught about them. How you feel determines everything that you do. It determines how you show up in the world. If you are feeling sad, then you are going to be showing up in that way. If you are feeling happy, then you're going to be showing up in a happy way. And what you do, how you show up in the world, creates your life. It creates all the results. So think about the importance of this. If we are in charge of creating our lives, creating our results, and we are never taught about how to be in charge of that, it's a travesty. Think about it. What is more important, learning trigonometry or learning about how you are thinking and how you are feeling. So this brings me to the worst lesson that we have ever been taught. 
That lesson is that the goal is to be good and happy all the time. The worst lesson we've ever been taught is that negative emotion should be fixed. That negative emotion is a problem. And on top of that, that it can be fixed by something external. It can be fixed by something outside of us, a new circumstance. I remember when I was in high school and I had a horrible heartbreak with a boyfriend. I was so devastated and my cute dad took me to the mall to buy some shoes. And it was so sweet and thoughtful. But this is what we do with negative emotions. We think, oh, something is wrong because I'm feeling this, so I need to fix it somehow, whether by consuming something or finding something outside of me to fix it. I want you to think about any time a child is crying and our response to it is, what's wrong? What's the matter? As if there is something in need of fixing. So as we grow older and develop with this lesson that we have been taught, whenever we feel negative emotion, we think something is wrong with us. We think something is wrong that we need to fix. When in reality, all we are is human. Negative emotion is an intended part of being alive. We are unable to know positive emotion unless we know its opposite. You cannot know happy without sad. If we were happy all the time, like is this goal that we are supposedly taught to be good and happy all the time, we wouldn't even know we were happy because we wouldn't have the contrast. We wouldn't know its opposite, so we wouldn't be able to appreciate what happiness actually is. Our emotional experience as human beings on planet Earth is 50-50. It is half negative and half positive because you cannot know one emotion unless you know its opposite. So when we experience negative emotions, instead of just embracing that fact, embracing that we are experiencing the 50-50 of the human experience, we think something is wrong. We think that we need to fix something. We think that we need to go out and find something to change what we are experiencing. But all we are when we experience negative emotion is human. And sometimes people will try to argue and say, well, I feel like my life is more 80-20. But if you think about it, if you believe that your life is 80-20 and then you have a day where you are experiencing more negative emotion, you will still be in the mindset of something is wrong. I'm experiencing more negative emotion than I'm used to. I must fix this. This is where we have to really, really check in with ourselves and recognize what if this is true, that we are intended to have a 50-50 experience at all times. During the day, you will have half negative emotions and half positive emotions. It's a beautiful thing because embracing the negative emotions makes them so much less painful. If we were to try and cultivate modern emotional health, what would that mean? I'll give you a hint. It's not happiness. Modern emotional health is not being happy all the time. If I were to ask you, are you emotionally healthy? Most people would go to the thought of, am I emotionally happy? But just as thinness does not equate to physical health, happiness does not equate to mental health. 
If we don't learn how to manage our mind in this modern age, then we're totally screwed. And the reason that I use the word modern is because in this day and age, quote unquote, everyone is happy. If you look at any social media platform, people are posting the 50% positive of their lives. And we continue to believe that this is normal, that this is how everyone's life is, that it's always this happy. Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and TikTok, it's all the highlights, the good things. So of course, if we aren't learning how to manage our emotions and our mind around the information that we're being fed, we are really going to disempower ourselves. The second component that contributes to our modern emotional education is that we have available to us infinite false pleasures, meaning things that are concentrated pleasure. Hundreds of years ago, we would get pleasure from eating an apple. And getting pleasure from eating an apple would help us desire that apple so that we could survive. If we didn't desire food and get pleasure from it, we would die. So of course, getting pleasure to our brain is viewed as a good thing. But in this modern age, we have things like social media and concentrated foods and things available to us at our fingertips that are so concentrated and yet our brain is still operating in the same way that it did hundreds of years ago, believing that any type of pleasure means help in us surviving. Our brain is still working beautifully because it's operating in the way that it was intended. Our brain is what got us here today. But the way that our brain operated in the environment of hundreds of years ago isn't what's going to be most useful to us in this modern day because of these modern problems that we have that our brain has not adapted to. So when we feel negative emotions, we will go to false pleasures thinking that they will fix our negative emotions because we believe them to be problems. We go out into the world and we try to solve for our humanness by getting other people to act certain ways so that we can feel better. Or we try to get new circumstances in our lives so that we can fix what we're feeling. And this is because of what we've been taught or the lack of what we've been taught about our emotional education and our brain has just continued to operate in this way without any guidance. So when we can't control our circumstances and we can't control other people, that's when we turn to these false pleasures of food and social media and TV. We get so upset about feeling negative emotions, but think about it. Has there ever not been negativity in the world? It's never happened. There has always been contrast. There has always been negative emotion. So we are fighting a losing battle here. There is always going to be a balance of positive to negative emotions. So when you can accept this, accept negative emotion as part of your humanness, it frees you from so much unnecessary pain. An example I've used before is my Sunday anxiety. No matter what is happening in the week, Sunday comes around and I have anxiety. So when I recognize that that anxiety is just part of the 50-50 of my life and of my week and of my day, it becomes so much less problematic. I just notice it. I'm like, oh, yes, I know this anxiety is always going to be here. Welcome. <laughs> or when you're experiencing self-doubt, that's a negative emotion that most of us feel like we shouldn't be feeling. We should fix self-doubt by being encouraged and by doing things that are safe. But when we can accept, of course I'm feeling self-doubt. This is just the contrast of being alive. Or if you're feeling exhaustion, be it physical or mental, 
I think of mothers when they have newborn babies and they are completely exhausted from lack of sleep. If you accept that that is just a part of the human experience as opposed to getting mad about being exhausted, can you see what happens? If you're exhausted and then you get mad about being exhausted, you create an extra layer of suffering that isn't necessary and isn't helpful. If someone has said something and you are feeling hurt, not because of what they said, but because of what you make it mean, you can notice it, even have a conversation with it. There's that hurt that I'm feeling that's coming from my own brain. Isn't that interesting? When you can have a conversation with your brain and remind it that nothing has gone wrong with whatever emotion is being experienced, you become in charge and you end up feeling better. An unhealthy emotional life can be identified by four different things. The first being a lack of awareness. If you don't know what you are feeling, if you don't know what you are thinking, then of course that neglect is going to create some unhealthy consequences. If you avoid and resist negative emotion, if you try to fix it or you try to put a buffer between you and it with food or social media, that is an indicator of an unhealthy emotional life. If you indulge, if you blame other people for how you feel, if you react to your emotions by yelling and screaming, and if you hide from the truth, it's another indication of an unhealthy emotional life. This is something that happens in relationships. When people show up in a way that they think is pleasing to another person but isn't authentic to who they are because they are trying to manage what the other person thinks of them and trying to manage how the other person feels, you are hiding from the truth. So what modern emotional health needs to look like is understanding our emotions, identifying them, allowing emotions without fear or resistance, opening up to them and not indulging, not indulging in self-pity, not indulging in doubting yourself, not blaming others and not indulging in worrying all the time. Those types of behavior are very familiar to us. We're comfortable doing those things. That's why it's indulgent, but we have to stop doing that if we want to create a healthy emotional state in order for us to create the lives that we want. Another part of modern emotional health is a willingness to feel in the future. A willingness to set big goals and embrace negative emotion. To be willing to feel any negative emotion for the sake of the future version of you that already has what you want. To embrace the discomfort. To be willing to be embarrassed. To be willing to feel failure. Because anything that we feel is caused by what we think. And when we are willing to feel anything, we can create everything. When we can create emotion on purpose and not with the agenda of feeling better, but with the agenda of progressing and evolving into the next version of ourselves, this is how we become powerful. It's the same as when people go to the gym to lift weights. It's very uncomfortable and running is terribly uncomfortable and difficult. But when you embrace that discomfort you get stronger. In fact, people that go to the gym like the discomfort of lifting weights and doing hard things. Otherwise, they wouldn't go back. That's the type of relationship that you can develop with the negative emotions that you feel in relation to your life in general. Of course, I'm feeling this discomfort. This means something good is coming. Of course, I'm feeling embarrassed. It's because I was brave and put myself out there. 
So the skills that you need to develop to reteach your brain about what it means to have a healthy emotional life is to first identify your emotions. It sounds so simple, but to be able to drop into your body and say, I am feeling this emotion right now. It's a skill that most of us have never been taught how to do, but it develops an intimacy with ourselves that is so useful because then it puts us in charge to create emotions that we want. The second is to process emotion. This means opening up to it. This means allowing the discomfort, allowing all of the vibrations of emotions to vibrate through your body. The third thing is to separate emotion from circumstances. Circumstances do not cause how we feel. It's only what we make them mean that creates how we feel. This is a powerful and a very safe truth because nothing can hurt you other than you and you have complete control. You can give yourself permission to feel hurt and to feel negative emotion instead of feeling like it's happening to you. The fourth part is to identify what you're thinking because what you're thinking is what's creating those emotions in your body. And then the fifth and final thing is to create wanted emotions. When you can identify the thoughts that you are thinking and decide on purpose if you want to keep them or ditch them, you are able to think something different on purpose that allows you to create what you want that allows you to embrace your human experience as a widely varied emotional individual. Mental health is what you think and emotional health is what you feel. And what you think creates what you feel so they are so deeply intertwined and require attention. I want you to think if you were trying to build an Ikea desk and you only had half the pieces, there's no way you'd be able to do it. You have to have all of the pieces in order to create the entire desk. You have to have all of the components of health to create a healthy state. You have to be aware of emotional health and mental health so that everything gets paid attention to and you have all of the pieces to put together. All emotions are acceptable. Did you know this? positive and negative. It's part of our 50-50 human experience. And having the goal to be good and happy all of the time is impossible. And it's not something we actually want. We don't want to be happy when there is murder and rape and terror and horrible things that go on in the world. Negative emotions are meant to be felt and not fixed. When we think we can fix negative emotions by scrolling or eating or drinking, We just create an extra layer of negativity later. So what if you took charge of your emotional education and your emotional health? What if you decided to pay attention on purpose and teach yourself how to take care of yourself? Emotions are vital pieces of information. We can use them in so many different ways on purpose or we can use them against ourselves. So if you can start to re-educate your brain on what the goal of being alive is, hint, it's not happiness all the time, then life becomes so much better. The goal for you, my friend, is to be human with all your positive emotions and all of your negative emotions. I love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 